Well, good morning, East Point. Happy Mother's Day. We live in an amazing culture, don't we? They're like, oh, okay, maybe. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. Uh, we live in a technologically advanced culture, don't we? I mean, it's uh, really amazing how technology's just gone through the roof, and, and it's a great thing we have so much information uh, at our hands. I mean, take my secretary, for instance. Have you ever met her? Let me introduce you to her. Hi, Siri, are you here? For you, always. Pretty good, huh? Siri, what type of food do you like best? I'm fine with whatever you choose. Hey, she chooses my food. That's all right. Let's ask her a deep question, though. Siri, who made you? I was designed by Apple in California. She was designed by Apple in California, and I can't keep my microphone on. You know, it's amazing that Siri knows who made her. She knows how she was created. But so many people don't. With our advances and our technology, and our culture still has a lot of challenges. One of the challenges we face is connecting to God in an intimate way. And we as a society struggle with this. Why? Well, all you have to do to understand this is to look at the relationships that we have with our parents. And a lot of times people in church uh, miss this. The relationship that you have with your parents will transfer over to the relationship that you have with God as you're growing up. It really will. And people, you know, go, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. If you have a close, intimate relationship with your parents growing up, then it's easier for you, as you develop a relationship with God, to have a close, intimate relationship with God. If your relationship with your parents is strained, it's much more difficult to enter into an intimate relationship with God. doesn't mean you can't. I mean, He's God. He's the Redeemer. But after being a pastor for so many years, I've just seen this. The people who have strained relationships with their parents have more difficulty entering into a close, uh, intimate relationship with God. Like I said, it doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with God, but it just, people, they feel like God's more distant. It's difficult for them to experience intimacy. And there's this dynamic where your relationship with your parents transfers over to your relationship with God. And as a result of that, God in Scripture has a lot to say about our relationship to our parents. And there's a fact that our society really needs to face. And it's this, that our culture has a real problem with disrespecting parents. Our children have an issue if you look at our society today. And what I see when I see young people, and you know, I'm going to pick on, I've got a couple millennial kids, I'm going to pick on the millennials this morning a little bit, but they have a problem, and I like to call it entitlement. I was at a conference one time, and it was for young people. So all these young leaders, and there were a bunch of millennials in the house, and, and the speaker goes, hey, I want to tell you, you guys, you do some things well. You care about people in countries that don't have clean water, and you want to do something about that. And they felt really good about themselves, and that's true. He goes, but you've got a problem. He goes, you're entitled. And there were thousands of people you could hear a pin drop. He goes, you notice how it got so quiet in here? He goes, because you know it's true, and it really is. I mean, entitlement is a problem that we have today. 
As a result, parents oftentimes are treated as if they're lucky that they have kids when it should be the other way around. So for today, I want to look at what the Bible has to say about this issue. And we'll start with Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. It says this, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Which is interesting, because not all the Ten Commandments have a promise, but this one does. And here's the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. Focus on the phrase, things will go well for you. God says, if you honor your father and mother, you'll be blessed. Why in the world did God give this command? I mean, out of all the commands, one of the big ten is honor your father and mother. It's that important. Why? Let me give you three reasons. Reason number one, every parent is flawed. Your parents are flawed. Their parents were flawed. If you're a parent, you're flawed. If your kids have kids, they'll be flawed too. There are no perfect parents. So this gives us no excuse not to honor the position, even if the person is flawed. Every parent is flawed. Secondly, I wouldn't be alive without them. Something to think about. That's kind of like, duh. See, God chose them to be the tools to bring you into the world to create you. Whether they were good, bad, or indifferent, it's really irrelevant. The fact is, God used them. And number three, it's very important, God chose their DNA to make you unique. God chose their DNA to make you and me unique. Get it from Psalm 139, 13, and 16. It says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, God had a plan for every day of your life before you were even born. And that's why abortion short-circuits the will of God. Because that is a person. And as a person, God had a plan for their whole life before they were even born. And usually I don't get into politics. But I'll tell you what. I will get into politics for a second here. The governor of Georgia signed a bill where you cannot have an abortion in Georgia if they detect a heartbeat in the baby. And I thought to myself, I thought about that. And and he gave an explanation. He goes, no, people are going to get mad. He goes, but we value life in Georgia, and we want Georgians to have an opportunity to grow up. You know, and I thought, wow, that's really politically incorrect. But I thought to myself, that's brave. That's brave. for. I love to see somebody who kind of go against the grain and just say what they believe. And we'll see how it turns out. But it's the reason that so many Christians are for life and do not support abortion is this. God made you. God made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. He saw us before we were born. Every day in my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What God creates, we ought not to short-circuit or destroy. I've said this many times before. uh, You're not an accident. There are accidental parents, but there are no accidental babies. There are illegitimate parents, but there's no illegitimate babies. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. And you might say, well, God, 
Why did he give me the parents that he gave me? And I'll tell you why. Because they had just the exact DNA in order to create you. See, any other two individuals, and you wouldn't be you. You wouldn't exist. God was more interested in creating you with your skills, with your gifts, than he was in your parents' parenting skills. I mean, your parents may have been great parents. They may have been bad parents. They may have been terrible parents. Maybe they were absentee parents. They may have even hurt you. But the bottom line is, you could not have existed without their DNA. And God allowed that to happen because he had a plan and was more interested in you than he was their parenting skills. Now, we're not all moms. There are people who want to be moms, but it hasn't happened yet. We're not all moms, but as Bill said earlier, we all had a mom. And the Bible says this, that we're to honor our mothers and our fathers. And there are all kinds of moms. There are biological moms. There are stepmoms. There are single moms. There are adoptive moms. There are foster moms. I'll tell you, one of the most amazing times I had during this past week was when my daughter Anna talked to me about my wife, April, her stepmother, and said, Dad, she's my mom. She cares more about me than any other mom. You know, and it just it was just a touching moment. You know, but it just goes to show us that, that motherhood doesn't necessarily have to be biological. There are spiritual moms, there are stepmoms, foster moms, and there are people that would come. You know, like I like to say, I, I have stepdaughters, but I'm their dad. Somehow in our lifetime, God took the situation and made me, and I say made me their real dad, made April Anna's real mom. And that's what God can do. There are mentor, spiritual moms, there are lots of moms, but today I'm going to talk about honoring all these kinds of moms. And, and I did ask April if she had any suggestions for a Mother's Day message, and she said yes. She said she had three. Be sincere, be short, and be seated. So in conclusion, I want us to think for just a second before we dismiss. How do I honor my mom for the rest of my life? At each stage of your life, your relationship to your mother and your father will change. You have the stage where you're a child. You have that wonderful stage where you're a teenager. And then you have the stage when you're an adult. What does the Bible have to say about these three stages of relationship? And how do I honor them at each stage? Number one, as a child, I honor my parents by obeying them. As a child, I honor my parents by obeying them. I honor them by just doing what they ask, by following instructions, by minding. I do it willingly, cheerfully, and immediately. And that honors God by honoring our parents. Ephesians 6.1 says this, Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because, watch this, God has placed them in authority over you. And the key is in authority. One of the most important life skills we learn is how to respond and relate to authority figures. If you never learn this lesson, your success will be greatly hindered. Romans 13.1 Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. 
One of the things we have to teach our children growing up is the difference between position and person. The person may be a jerk, but you are to honor their position and honor the authority that is there. I think of many times of my kids coming to me about teachers. You don't know this teacher. And, you, and I say, I don't care. If they're crossing the line and hurting you or doing something illegal, you come tell me. But I don't care if you disagree with their philosophy. You are to honor the position. They are your teacher. God put you in that classroom in front of them for you to learn different things. And sometimes we judge people. And the Bible teaches us that we are to honor the position. You get pulled over by a cop and you may be, you know. I remember one time I got pulled over. The guy, he looked like he was about 15. He must have been 20 or 21. And he pulled me over and I said, yes, sir. How can I help you, sir? And he said, don't say yes, sir, to me. I'm young enough to be your son. And I said, I realize that. But I'm not saying sir to you because of your age. I'm saying sir to you to acknowledge your position of authority given to you by being a police officer, by being a public servant here, and you pulled me over. You're in control of this situation, right? And he said, well, yes, sir, <laughs> which is nice. And I said, but I'm not, trying to de- I'm not trying to demean you or say that you're old or anything. I realize you're a young man, but I say yes, sir, to you because I want to respect the position of authority that you're in. And in our culture, we sometimes lose this, you know? The Bible says that God has ordained three authorities on earth. There's authority in the home. There's authority in church. There's an authority in government. A lot of times in our culture, we lose that whole church authority thing. We want to go to the church we want to, but we don't want to place anybody under authority of anyone. I remember there's been times where I was serving at a church and felt like God was moving me to a different church. And do you know, I had to go before the elders and say, I feel like God's moving me. And you know, they had to say, yes, we feel like God's moving me. And if they said, no, we don't feel like, guess what? I stay where I'm at. If Bill calls me up during the week and says, listen, Lenny, I don't want you going there during your sermons, guess what? Even if I disagree with them, there's a position of authority. God's placed us all, no matter what age you are. There are authority members over us in uh, the home, in the church, in the government. And they have different roles and different spheres of influence. And here's my point. A kid who grows up this way, and why I ask you to pray for my son specifically. A kid that grows up thinking nobody's ever going to tell me what to do, isn't going to do too well in life. Is it going to hold down a job for very long? Because a lot of times you have to do things you don't want to do because a boss or employer asks you to do stuff. So I honor my mom and dad by obeying them as a child. And what happens when I hit teenage years? Well, as a teenager, I honor my parents with respect. I honor my parents with respect. Leviticus 19.3 says this, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and your father. In Hebrews 12, we have all had fathers here on earth who disciplined us and we respected them. Respect doesn't mean you can't see their weakness. In fact, as you grow older, they become very obvious. By the time you get to be a teenager, you see their flaws. The problem is, As a teenager, oftentimes that's all you see in your parents. But God says respect them in spite of their flaws. What does it mean to respect? Well, it means two things. 
It means you accept them and you forgive them. And accepting and forgiving is a part of honoring and part of respecting. Accepting your parents, the good and the bad, and realizing God placed them in that position. They're your parents. You say, why should I accept my parents? I didn't have a choice. Well, neither did they. Unless, you know, you're adopted. But if you weren't adopted, they didn't get a chance or a choice of what they were getting either. And sometimes we don't think about that. But respect means forgiving. You need to forgive your parents for their weaknesses and their faults. Why? Because you're going to need forgiveness in your life too. You're not perfect. And we don't talk to them disrespectfully. We honor them by the way we talk to them. They're your mother. They're your father. But also... As a teenager, um, I honor my parents by listening. I could do a whole sermon just on this one about listening, the value of listening to your parents. You know, in Proverbs, Solomon wrote Proverbs, describes three different types of people in Proverbs. It says there's the simple, there's the fool, and there's the wise. And Solomon, as he's using these three different descriptions of people, when he says simple, he means a person. doesn't mean they're dumb. A lot of times we think simple. Well, they're not too smart. It's not what it means. Simple person in Proverbs is an inexperienced person. It's a young person. It's a person that can't really make wise decisions because they just don't have the experience, you know, to do that. They're the simple. It also talks about the fool. Now, the fool in Proverbs is somebody with a ton of experience, but they never learn their lesson. They just keep making the same mistakes over and over. They should have learned. They have experience, but they haven't. And the Bible calls them a fool. But there's also the wise. And the wise in Proverbs is the person with a lot of experience who's learned their lesson. There's some wise people in this room. I won't embarrass anybody, but there's there's some wisdom in this room. Just because of experience, you know. You know, when you're, when you're young, you think you know everything. But, man, what do you do if you could go back and just do everything mom and dad said, right? Because they knew, right? Do you know the only way a simple person, it says in Proverbs, can make wise decisions? There's only one way. By listening. Listening. I have, of my five kids, I have one. My 24-year-old daughter, who has got a gift from God, she listens to her mom and dad. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm always amazed when she comes to us for advice, and I give her advice, and she actually does it. I'm amazed because I never did that. You know, I was not only simple, but I was kind of a simple fool when I was young. But she makes wise decisions. She's got enough sense to realize. But part of how we honor is listening. Proverbs 13.1 says this, Wise children pay attention when their parents correct them, but arrogant people never admit they are wrong. See, you're not bound to follow your parents' advice if, if you're on your own, you've moved out, but you are bound to listen to them respectfully. There will be, never be a time in your life you can be disrespectful of your parents, even if they're not living the type of life you want to follow. By doing uh, marriage and family counseling, I've learned that even parents whose lives are wrecks, and I mean disasters, are often spot on when it comes to their kids. Even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? 
And even when the parent's life is falling apart, they often know what's best for their kids and, and we ought to listen. And just because your parents don't have it all together doesn't mean they don't occasionally have wisdom. So we listen. And if it's questionable, that's when we run it by a spiritual mother or a spiritual father. Proverbs twenty three twenty two says this, when your mother is old, show her your appreciation. As an adult, I honor my parents by appreciating their efforts. That's how we honor them as an adult. As an adult, I honor my parents by appreciating their efforts. There are hundreds of things you can appreciate. Let me give you just two on Mother's Day. Two things you can appreciate in your parents no matter who they are. One is appreciating their efforts. Appreciating their efforts. Parenting is difficult. It's time-consuming. It's demanding. I mean, you guys could give a testimony, I'm sure. Have you ever thought how much easier your parents' life would have been if they hadn't had you? Been a whole lot easier. Now, my parents, their lives would have been easier on a whole other level. We won't go there. Well, you know what? I will go there. What the heck? I remember one time I was at a party, and I was a young person, and there were some adults there. It wasn't a totally out-of-control party, but I was there, and it was in Gainesville, and the parents met me, and they, and I'll never forget the one of the parents go, you're Lenny? And I go, oh, I've heard of you, you know? And, and I'll never forget the parent goes, you're like a legend, not in a good way. I was a legend for getting in trouble and being crazy. But that's what my parents had to put up with. And, you know, I could be critical of my parents. They could have been better in this way. They could, but, you know, my parents put up with me. They put up with me. Their lives could have been a lot easier. When was the last time you thanked your parents for putting up with you? I mean, who else would have? When you were snotty, brat, little kid, they gave you food. They gave you a place to sleep and a place of safety. We need to appreciate our parents' effort. Another way we uh, honor our parents as adults is we honor our parents by appreciating their sacrifice. Their sacrifice. Parenting is expensive. Many of you know that. I did some research and I found that on average it costs $300,000 to raise one kid. That's to age 18. That's no college prepaid fund, no cars, no setting them up, no 401k. That's food, clothes, to 18, 300 grand. Okay? Multiply that by five, you know why I'm broke. That doesn't include nowadays kids come back home, but it's expensive to raise uh, children. When couples choose to have a child, they're making an unselfish decision. They're spending money that they could have spent on themselves. And the truth is, I've actually spoken to couples who did not want to have kids because they just wanted to have nice things. And I don't really criticize that much. I mean, if that's what you want to do, and they want to go on vacation, they want to have a boat, they want to have multiple homes, so they don't have kids. My point is, having kids is a sacrifice. Your parents did that. What could your parents have afforded if they hadn't had you? Instead, they chose to have you. They spent money on your clothes, your food, your school, your braces, your doctor visits, everything else. And the definition of a parent is someone who has photos when they could have had money. But let me tell you something. Photos are worth more than money, aren't they? They will last an eternity. Those memories and those relationships that we have. Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-five. So give your father and mother joy. 
may she who gave you birth be happy. And sadly, friends, Western culture, the culture we live in, is the only culture on the planet where we don't respect our elders. In every other culture, Asian, Middle Eastern, African, the older you get, the more respected you are. The older you get, the more people value your wisdom and treasure wisdom. Only in Western culture do we put the greatest emphasis on young people. Where is that taking our culture? Not exactly in wise directions. And the Bible says very clearly that you are to value, treasure, and esteem the elderly. And the problem today is in America, is for many adults, the older they get, the less respect they get. And I want to just say this. If your parents are still living today, they need to know they made an impact on your life. And you need to express appreciation to them on a regular basis. You need to affirm them. Now, how do I affirm my parents? The simplest way is to stay in touch. To let them know they matter to you. Who remembers the show Kung Fu? I loved it. I liked to see him fight. And I remember there was this one episode, and he had this Eastern worldview where we have a Western worldview. Anyway, he met this person, this American guy, who was so angry. And he was so angry. And, and he got to the bottom of his anger, and he goes, why are you so angry? And he was angry at his parents. And i never forget, he looked, and he didn't understand. He was confused. He goes, why are you so angry? They gave you life. His point was, you wouldn't even be alive. And yet you're so angry at those who gave you life. And sometimes we just need to realize that our parents gave us life. Nobody's perfect. We live in a fallen and flawed world. Nobody's perfect. But your parents gave you life. And staying in touch with your parents and making that phone call is a way of honoring them. Anytime you write an email, you send a card, a gift... You show up, you're honoring your parents. When you talk to them, talk about the details of your life because their lives aren't that complicated anymore. And to just hear about all that's going on in your life may be boring to you, but it's not boring to them. It feels like they're still important, they still matter, they're still connected, and they're still significant in your life. So when as an adult, I honor my parents first by appreciating them, but also as an adult, I honor my parents by providing for them. There's the role reversal. I remember when my dad used to bait my hook. I remember when I baited his hook. I honor my parents by providing for them. This is the natural and normal way. They took care of you later in your life. You take care of them. That's natural and it's normal. It's so important that God put it in the Big Ten, right up there with don't murder Don't commit adultery. He says you take care of your parents. You honor them. And that's part of it. You know, even on the cross, Jesus was taking care of his mom. The Savior of the world is dying for the sins of mankind. There's nothing more important than what Jesus was doing when he was on the cross. And on the cross, he made seven statements. One of them had to do with his mother and taking care of her after he was gone. Jesus only said seven things. He's dying for the sins of men. And he says things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But right in the middle of it, he looks at his friend John. He says, Behold, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. What's he doing? He's transferring care of his mother, who was under his care, 
because Mary was a widow. Joseph had died many years earlier. He's transferring care of his mother to his best friend. And it's that important that we care for our aged parents. It's so important that Jesus modeled it while he was dying on the cross for your sin and my sin. 1 Timothy 5a. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than what? Than an unbeliever. It's pretty powerful language. You honor God when you honor the parents that God used to create you. Whether they were good, bad, or a different parents, they had the DNA that God needed to make you. And I want to close just by uh, saying a special word to those of you who had parents that maybe had hurt you, that maybe weren't the greatest parents. I'm very sorry about that. Maybe they hurt you physically. Maybe it started with alcohol and drugs. Maybe it was emotional. Sometimes it's, it's even worse. The Bible promises severe judgment on child abuse and child neglect. And in fact, Jesus said this. He said, be better to tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the bottom of the ocean than hurt one of these little ones. So what does God expect you to do if you were hurt by your parents? Well, he's not asking you to deny it. He doesn't want you to stick your head in the sand, repress it, or excuse it. He doesn't want you to ignore it or fake it. You know what he wants you to do? Is face it. Those of us who had bad parents, we can honor them by facing the situation. You get on with your life. And sometimes... Many of us are carrying a large amount of unfinished business with a mom or a dad or both. And if you're carrying it, you're still reacting to that hurt. And you might be taking it out on your spouse or your kids or your friends, and that's not fair because it wasn't their fault. But because you haven't dealt with it, you take it out on the people around you. If you're still angry at your parent over something they did years ago, something they said, that's tragic because you're still letting them control you today. Maybe they died and they're controlling you from the grave. See, you have to release that anger or it'll eat you up inside and ruin your relationship. It has to be expressed. And what I'm talking about is a very courageous thing. It takes courage to make peace with your parents. You have to stop running, hiding, and blaming, and you have to face the issues. And you honor them by being honest about the situation. What you do is you go to them and say something like, I want to be free to honor the good that you did in my life for creating me and giving me life, but I can't until we deal with this issue. You talk about the pain. You talk about the resolution. You say, I want to forge a new relationship with you, Mom or Dad. I want to face the issues. And if things are are wrong, you try to make them right before it's too late. And if you can't talk to your parents, either they've died or there's no way, then you can express it to a spiritual mother or father or a Christian counselor. But you get it off your chest and get on with your life. You stop the cycle of deception. You stop the cycle of pain. Jesus said this, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And only God knows how much you've been hurt. And only God has the power to heal that hurt. And it starts with being willing to face it instead of faking it. You know, some people have been abandoned by their moms or dad or both. And and in that case, you get special privileges in God's kingdom. Psalm 2710 says this, My father and my mother may abandon me, but the Lord will take care of me. You have a heavenly father that will never use you, abuse you, leave you, forsake you, and you can turn to him. 
And here's the last thing I'll say about those of us who maybe had parents that hurt us. This is how you honor them. By going on and moving through that and not becoming the type of parents they were. If you had bad parents, the way that you honor them is by you not being that type of parent to your kid. By facing that and moving on. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what kind of parent you had. We are to honor our parents. We're to celebrate our parents. And I pray that most of you had good parents, had good moms and good dads. But no matter what type of parent we have, God says we are to honor them. It's one of the top ten. One of the greatest gifts is our parents. And we want to honor them in everything that we do. Pray with me. Dear God, none of us had perfect moms or dad, but we honor our moms today on Mother's Day because you chose them to create each of us. They went through pain and they went through labor and they did not abort us. We're here because they went through that pain. We honor all the many kinds of mothers in our church family today. Jesus, you told us to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. So that's what we're going to do on this Mother's Day. Lord, for many, Mother's Day is a difficult day. So we ask you to comfort those with heartaches today. For those who've lost their mothers, comfort them. Or moms who've lost a child, comfort them. We pray for stepmoms who struggle with blending families. We pray for those who have delayed adoption or even failed adoption and their heart has been broken. We pray for moms who have broken relationships with children. For those who've been hurt by a child deeply, comfort these moms. Comfort those who want to be mothers, but it just hasn't happened. Comfort those who struggle with infertility. Wrap your arms around these women, dear Lord, and give them your comfort today. We celebrate with those who've adopted children into their home. Those who've graciously and warmly welcomed foster kids who need a loving home. Thank you for these women. We thank you for grandmas and grandmothers who've welcomed grandbabies this year. We thank you for women who serve as spiritual moms. Lord, we celebrate the women who are carrying precious babies in their bodies right now. We ask that they have healthy pregnancies and safe deliveries. Lord, we thank you for our moms at every stage of life. We thank you for the mothers of preschoolers whose work is never finished. We thank you for the moms of grade schoolers who pack lunches and help with homework every day. We thank you for moms who feel both the pride and the faith of now being in the empty nest stage. We thank you for grandmothers who pray for their families. I thank you, Lord, for those moms who pray for me. On this Mother's Day, Lord, we commit ourselves to honoring and to loving and to protecting the mothers in our lives and in our church family. And we thank you for the gift of mothers. And we pray your blessing on them today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen.